0: And now controlling the flight of Atlantis, the space shuttle spreads its wings one final time for the start of a sentimental journey into history.
1: It's such a wonderfully kind of physically euphoric feeling because you're, you're, you know, you're floating. There's no pressure on anywhere on your body. Even your internal organs are sort of floating inside you. So it's this physical euphoria. So I think if you coupled that with the f- physical euphoria that you feel from sex uh i i think it would just i think it would be uh it it has the potential to
2: be the best sex you've ever had this is the huff post love and sex podcast
3: each week we explore love and sex by asking a single question to find out the answers we speak with experts and listeners like you
2: this episode contains explicit language, so please proceed with caution.
3: I'm Noah Michelson.
2: And I'm Karina Kolodny.
3: Today's question is, what is sex like in outer space?
2: Okay, so Noah, you know what Pornhub is, right?
3: I do, okay, yes.
2: So in the past couple of weeks, they've been making a lot of headlines because they decided to crowdfund their newest endeavor, which is to try and make a porno in space.
3: So that sounds ridiculous to me, first off. And I guess I understand why maybe they try and do it because it's shocking and people love a new angle when it comes to porn. But um, I don't even know if sex in outer space, what that would be like.
2: Which is what I feel like we very much need to find out.
3: And do you think anyone's already done it? Astronauts?
2: They have to have, right? I mean, they're up there for so long. Like in the space station, the Russians will be up there for like months Maybe even up to, like, a year at a time. I don't know.
3: Yeah, and even if not with someone else, at least they have to be jerking off in outer space.
2: Right, you would think. So what does that look like? You would think it would be of note if someone was up there for 18 months and not masturbating. Like, I don't think they'd tell us if they did, but I do feel like there would be something weird happening that we'd maybe find out about if they
3: didn't. If they weren't. Well, you know, luckily, we don't have to just ask each other about this. Um We've got some experts that we are going to talk to. We've got Dr. John Millis. He's an astrophysicist. Uh, Dr. Anya Geitman, who is a scientist, and Mary Roach, who we both love. Uh, Mm -hmm. She's a science author, and she was at the top of the show talking a little bit, and they are all going to chat with us about what sex in outer space is really like. So buckle up and get ready to blast Three,
0: two, one, zero. And lift up. Off. Lift off. Americans return to space as discovery clears the tower. All right. Uh, my name is John Millis. I'm a uh, professor of physics and astronomy and chair of the physical sciences and engineering department at Anderson University. My background is actually in high-energy astrophysics, uh, studying gamma rays from exotic objects like black holes and neutron stars to try to understand the physics of those systems.
3: Let's talk about microgravity and how that would affect sex. What do you think thrusting would be like in outer space? How would that be different or more difficult than on Earth?
0: Well, the simple picture I like to give is imagine two ice skaters on a freshly frozen pond, fresh ice, and they walk up and they touch their hands together and then they push off. They're going to repel each other away from each other. And um, so if you're in, you know, uh, in... Engaging in any type of sex act and you're pushing against each other, you're actually going to be then repelling each other. So you not only would have to be like literally strapped into the International Space Station so that you wouldn't be like flying down the corridor, but you would have to be somehow strapped together. Otherwise you'd be constantly pushing the other person away. So, um, you know, uh, talk about being decidedly unromantic. Um, you know, you would have to literally be bound together, um, to prevent from just pushing each other around. Um, and you know, just the sheer mechanics of it would be very different than it is here on earth because you have, you don't have anything that's holding you in one place. And, and that just
3: makes everything more difficult. I think space bondage seems ideal. What do you think, Karina?
2: Agreed. As this podcast's official BDSM dungeon correspondent, I think zero gravity demands restraints.
3: What do you think about body fluids, Dr. Mellis? I'm trying to think of what would happen if someone ejaculated in outer space, or even just sweat. What happens in that kind of an instance?
0: That's actually a huge issue as well. Um, So on here, on Earth, when we sweat... You know, for any reason, the sweat tends to run down our body. It's actually pulled towards the ground by gravity. And on the International Space Station, because you're essentially always in free fall, the sweat doesn't roll down you in the same way. It tends to pool in place. So the more you sweat, you just sort of become surrounded by a bubble of sweat (laughs) and it doesn't just run down and run away. And, um, that makes things uh, very difficult, and um, so uh, th- things like that are going to be very uh, uh, challenging. Uh, so any type of excretion isn't necessarily going to uh, move from the place that it was excreted from, and uh, that definitely makes things difficult. Um, and it just, you know, it it. it I I don't even, there isn't really a good analogy for what that would look like here on Earth because we're so used to things just sort of being wicked away. Um, But that's not the case uh, in, in space.
2: I want to take a moment to let you know that we spent some time talking with John about NASA's feelings around sex and if anyone had admitted to masturbating in space. He told us that Russian cosmonaut Valery Polyakov, who still holds the record for longest continuous stay in space aboard Mir, 14 months in 1992, said and quote, men think about those things. One can't turn away from them, but these thoughts somehow fade with time. Perhaps there is some tension building up, but pollution helps to unload it for a while. Then all these feelings become suppressed once again. When preparing for return to earth, we try to regain them. Psychological support service sent us some nice colorful movies which help to recover our will to act like a normal adult male. There is nothing to be ashamed of. We all have wives. We should also note that Polyakov was rumored to have had sex with fellow cosmonaut Yelena Kondakova on Mir, but this has been staunchly denied by both parties as well as the Russian government.
3: Okay, John, so we also need to discuss what getting an erection is like in space. Does microgravity have an effect?
0: It it does um, it, in a number of ways. Number one, um, like I mentioned before, the testosterone levels are suppressed, so that would be one issue. Uh, the bigger issue is the difference in blood pressure. Here on Earth, because of gravity, our blood wants to pool in our lower extremities, like in our feet and legs. Um, and so the heart uh, has to work harder to pump the blood back up to our brains. And this is what gives us sort of our normal blood pressure um, and why our heart has to work so hard to um, Maintain uh, blood circulation Uh, In the internet In space, um, in these sort of Microgravity environments Blood isn't um, going to pool in one particular place or another. And and so as a result, our overall blood pressure decreases. Um, and not only that, but blood, bud, or excuse me, blood uh, tends to pool um, just sort of evenly throughout. And this leads to sort of astronauts seeming to have a, a puffy head sometimes. Um, when you see sort of images or videos in the International Space Station, it's because their heads are actually getting more blood than they're used to here on Earth, and so they even look a little different. So... Um, our blood pressure is lower. Our heart doesn't have to work as hard, which means our heart shrinks as well, um, which is one of the reasons for regular exercise to sort of combat um, our heart shrinkage. Um, But because of the lower blood pressure, that may make getting an erection more difficult. And uh, while it's still technically possible. Um, again, this isn't something that NASA has reported or the uh, astronauts have fessed up to in terms of whether or not they've been able to achieve it. Um, so it could be possible, but it would just be more difficult. Um, and with their suppressed testosterone levels, um, you know, they, they may
3: even have less desire to, to do so. Interesting. Can you think of anything else that would make sex in outer space better than sex on Earth? I can't think of anything in particular that would make it better other than just the uh, just
0: generally being in space in a microgravity environment just being interesting and different Um, and you've also got a much better view that's for sure Um, (laughs) looking out into space and down on earth Um, but I can't really think of anything in fact it would probably I would imagine be uh, it would be difficult uh, because of um, you know, having to anchor yourself in place, it would be awkward because the way that the sweat would pool around each of the, uh, each of the bodies. Um, and I just don't, I actually don't imagine it being that, uh, that interesting or, or good. I think it would just be awkward and, um, uh, gross in a sense of just all of the sweat that's just being shot around, um, because there's no gravity to sort of wick it away in a, in a, in a normal manner.
2: You're listening to the HuffPost Love and Sex Podcast. Coming up, you'll learn why Mary Roach thinks sex in space could be the best sex ever and what it would take to conceive in outer space.
3: If you haven't had a chance to find HuffPost Love and Sex on iTunes, take a moment to subscribe, rate the show, and let us know what you think. You can also find us on Twitter using the handle at HuffPostPodcast or send us an email. We're at Podcast at huffingtonpost.com.
2: A big thank you to everyone who has reached out with feedback and new show ideas. Keep them coming.
3: On our next episode, we'll be exploring the world of non-sex sex clubs and how these spaces can create intimacy without intercourse. You won't want to miss it, so make sure you subscribe on iTunes.
2: If you are not familiar with the phenomenal Mary Roach, get ready for some second-hand excitement. Roach is a New York Times bestselling science author. She's written seven books about topics as diverse as human cadavers, sex research, the afterlife, and interplanetary spaceflight. She's also a laugh-out-loud comedian, and in her book she marries the usually stiff subjects of science with her hilarious commentary, making her one of my top five authors of all time. Girl crush forward slash academic crush aside, I was so excited to talk to Mary for this podcast, where she talked about her 2010 book, Packing for Mars, which conveniently has an entire chapter dedicated to sex in space.
1: Oh, Packing for Mars is a, a book that came about just largely because uh, of a couple reporting trips. Uh, years and years ago, I was at uh, Johnson Space Center the neutral buoyancy tank, and I'm just, you know, NASA's Johnson Space Center is just a geek's playground, and I was just overwhelmed with geeking out fabulous. It's just like, oh my god, there's so much here that never gets reported. Everybody just hears about, you know, Apollo 13 or, you know, astronaut memoirs. You don't, so anyway, it just seemed like there's a great fun story to tell and all of the stuff that goes
2: on here on Earth. So Mary, how important was the study of sex to the book? That was uh, that, and the going to the bathroom chapter were just you know top top of
1: my list. Partly because I find it fascinating, but just I know that that's what everybody's curious about uh, those two things when it comes to space and zero gravity. And I I just welcome the opportunity to kind of dig a little deeper and look at like what are the what are the real issues, not just like who's done it or has anybody done it, not, not sort of the gossipy side of that, which of course I did cover that as well, but I just thought it would be fun to uh, talk to astronauts or, or whoever would talk to me about the realities of it. Would it make sex better or worse? You know what are, um, And uh, So that was just fun material for me to
2: play with. Since NASA has been notoriously ambiguous about sex in space, you turn to underwater sex to find some answers. Why is that such a good substitute?
1: Marine mammals, because some of them, uh, anyway, have sex while floating, uh, it seemed to me that that was, the, that was a good analog for zero-gravity intercourse. You know, since nobody's coming out on record and saying, we had sex on the shuttle, since nobody's doing that, I thought, well, you know, what would be uh, what's the closest thing? So I spoke to people who study um, seals and other uh, pinnipeds, and I spoke to people who study otters. Uh, so it just it just seemed like it seemed like uh, the closest the closest model, uh, you might say, to um, having sex while floating in zero gravity.
2: During our interviews, we've heard from experts that sex in space could be difficult because couples would keep floating apart. Do you agree with that?
1: I actually spoke to some astronauts about this, like, well, what, you know, how would you stay together? What would you, you know, it's like, you know, really, if all else fails, a roll of duct tape. But it didn't seem, it didn't seem to be a big concern. They were more like, imagine all the variety of positions. I mean, you'd have to rewrite the Kama Sutra. There's so many different things that you could do. Um, if you took away gravity. Um, Obviously, there's the downside of you'd sort of bounce apart, and it's a little harder to stay together, but the astronaut that I spoke to seemed to feel that it would be um, an advantage, not a
2: disadvantage. NASA doesn't technically prohibit sex for astronauts. Do you think humans have had sex in space?
1: Oh, I hope so. Uh, there, 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 There are a couple of couples that have been in space, one of them was a couple of astronauts who got married secretly before they went up on the mission. And um, they don't claim to have had sex. And in fact, uh, NASA would I mean, NASA doesn't even like to send a married couple up, not because they're prudish, but because if you send a married couple up, the fear is that that couple will um, make each other the priority rather than the mission or other people. On the crew, and also, if something were to happen, and both members of the couple died, the families would be you know all that much more uh, bereaved and bereft so um there's a prohibition on married couples going up, but as to, but anyway, so but this couple did, and um, I, I would just really hope that they snuck off into the airlock and had sex. I mean, I, mean <laughs> I know that career is very important to astronauts, and they're rule followers, and it takes a tremendous amount of discipline and motivation to get yourself into space, and you're not going to jeopardize your career, so I could also imagine that perhaps they didn't. I like to think that they did, um, but I guess it will remain something that is uh, known only to them and their
2: fellow crew members. What do you think would be the most fun aspect of sex in space?
1: Well, having experienced zero gravity briefly on one of those uh, flights where the plane does the sort of roller coaster through sp- it's not in space, it's in regular Earth atmosphere, and you have about 20 seconds of weightlessness, and it's such a A wonderfully kind of physically euphoric feeling because you're you know you're floating. There's no pressure on anywhere on your body. Even your internal organs are sort of floating inside you. So it's this physical euphoria. So I think if you coupled that with the physical euphoria that you feel from sex, uh, I I think it would just I think it would be it has the potential to be the best sex you've ever had. No, really, because you're just, I mean, it just, you're floating there, and it's sort of languid, you know, you drop your pen, and it just floats there. I mean, it's all very, it would be like, you know, having sex on the best possible sex-enhanced, like, you know, like having sex when you're stoned. It's kind of a, you know, I could imagine being, you're being really kind of, in the moment and relaxed and just, it, it, of course, it would obviously it would depend on who you're with also. But I can imagine if you're really in the flow of it, just the whole thing being very amazing and kind of mind-blowingly fabulous.
3: All right, all you astronauts, if you're listening right now, we need you to report back to us. We're desperate for a first-person account of Sex and Space.
2: At this point, I'm pretty sold on Sex and Space. Personally, I mean, if none of those astronauts come forward um, and are willing to share some colorful anecdotes with us, I will personally volunteer to go up there and make it happen. Like, I do it.
3: I would like to see that happen.
2: That's the nicest thing you've ever said to me, Noah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I wouldn't just do it for you, though. I would do it for science. But before I'm ready to totally get on board, I have some questions like about some of the potential consequences of having sex
3: in this space, like cleanup, right?
2: Like, cleanup? Well, sh- No, that's not, no. I'm thinking, like, what happens when you have a baby? What happens when you get pregnant? Can you even conceive in the first place? Some of those things that might happen that I'm sure would be completely different in outer space than they would be here on Earth. So we're going to return to Dr. John Millis who can explain what it would be like to conceive and maybe eventually to give birth in outer space.
0: So, uh, number one, it, it's... It's very unlikely that a pregnancy could be taken to term um, in the first place. But let, let's suppose that we were able to somehow overcome that, um, but yet we're still in some sort of microgravity environment. Um, there would a, be a lot that is similar, but um, here on Earth during um, birth, we do rely on uh, gravity a little bit. Um, women al- uh, often find the uh, best Way uh, during the later stages of the of uh, uh, of birth and, and contractions is to squat and um, letting gravity kind of help move the baby down to the lower stations um, before uh, the baby is born. So you would probably have a. a A woman would have a more difficult time, I imagine, in space because of the absence of
3: of gravity um, or the perceived absence of gravity. The only study that we found regarding any type of reproduction in space is Dr. Anya Geitman's study at Montreal University, which actually focuses on plant reproduction, not human. Dr. Geitman looked at how pollen tubes function in space, which she noted do have some similarities to the cylindrical tube that helps humans reproduce. By simulating both zero gravity and high gravity in a spinning centrifuge, she was able to test how the reproductive process would be affected. And it turns out conceiving in outer space is an incredibly risky endeavor.
1: This has implications for not only for plants, this has implications for um, our cells and animals who would travel in space or would land on a a planet with different gravity levels because transport is a fundamental process that ensures that a a cell actually functions. I'm going to give you an example. For example, um, our own nerve system consists of cells that are very, very long. Um, The neurons connect different parts of the body and different muscles with the the brain, for example. And so these are cells that are extremely long along which um, material has to be transported. And we have no idea how these cells are actually affected by gravity. But now we know that one fundamental process, the intracellular transport of material, might be affected because it is so in our cells. It
2: might be the same in human cells or in animal cells.
3: So, Ms. Kolodny, what do you think about sex in outer space?
2: I mean, I'd volunteer for it. You I think would. it seems awesome. What about you?
3: I hate outer space.
2: What do you mean you hate I, outer space?
3: Like the movie Gravity, I wanted to kill myself while I was well, watching it. Well, a lot it.
2: of people wanted to kill themselves while they were the watching that, but of, that's not indicative of how you feel about outer space. It's it just is. a bad movie. It's
3: so wide open that it feels claustrophobic. So, the thought of trying to have sex there... Sometimes having sex on Earth is hard for me. So I feel like having to deal with the zero gravity and sweat pooling everywhere, none of this made it sound like a good time to me.
2: What about if you could just be in like a simulator and you didn't have to go to outer space just see what zero gravity was like on Earth?
3: Have you ever seen Space Camp? No. Oh, it's a great movie and these kids like are in simulators, but none of it looks fun either. It's, like, the worst carnival rides that you can imagine, and you're, like, vomiting and upset.
2: Does this mean you're one of those people that doesn't like the ocean either?
3: I hate the ocean. I knew it. Yeah. I knew it. Ocean and outer space. I don't want to have sex in the ocean either. Like, I really like having sex on, you know, solid ground when I'm not floating. No, I don't need it. Mm -hmm. And I don't need my porn, actually, to have sex in outer space either.
2: No, I never thought I would say this to you on really any subject, but... When it comes to this topic, you are really boring and vanilla. <laughs>
3: I know, I know. It's you okay, just want to have
2: sex on Earth. That's it. It's there's fine. like no other places.
3: You know what I do wanna do though? What? I would love to have sex with a guy who's wearing an astronaut suit. That is hot to me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Wouldn't that be complicated? Like there's a lot of padding and stuff there.
3: It's amazing.
2: Would it be like made like what would it be like a dress up costume thing yes. where there was like Role play. access, Role easy play. access, right? And I
3: would be like either the astronaut wife the doting astronaut wife, or maybe I'd be an alien.
2: A what now?
3: An alien. Right? Hot.
2: You're not going to get me to come back from saying you're boring, Noah. This is so freaking disappointing. Hey,
3: Pornhub, if you're listening and you want to do a space-themed one, but on, on the Earth, give me a call.
2: Hey, sex researchers, if you're listening and you want to figure out what it's like to have sex in space, me and my boyfriend sign up. That's it for this episode of HuffPost, Love and Sex.
3: A big thank you to our producer and editor, Caitlin Baguki, and production assistant, Jorge Corona.
2: Please let us know what you think of the show, especially if you have an idea for an episode or want to share your story. You'll find us on Twitter with the handle at HuffPostPodcast.
3: And our email address is LoveAndSexPodcast at HuffingtonPost.com.
2: And if you like the show, please be sure to tell a friend and subscribe to us in iTunes, Stitcher, or whatever your favorite podcast app happens to be. And don't forget to leave us a rating or comment wherever you subscribe. It helps other people discover the show.
3: And click those gold stars, people. If we get more gold stars, HuffPost is going to send Karina to outer space, and they're going to buy me my own astronaut costume.
2: Our next show will be about non-sex sex clubs. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one. So make sure you subscribe on iTunes.
3: Wah, 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 wah. Oh, you're doing like the um.
2: Like the controller. Right. Like. like... Yeah. NASA, we have a problem. Exactly. Beep, 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 beep,
3: beep. You sound more like I don't know what that would be.
2: Wow, that was really articulate. I don't
3: yeah. Thank you for sharing that. It's like an SOS, you know? Beep, 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 beep. Yeah, I don't know if that's really nasty. Okay,
2: or. great. <laughs>